I'm passionate about this incredibly timely thing that God has given me to talk about, even though I had a different plan for this week. But he confirmed it by putting multiple things in front of my face, practically rapid fire, like two of my Christian friends were slogging it out on social media platform this week. I talked to a marital couple who is in significant disunity because they're both in church leadership and church is reopening physically and gathering and one has one perspective and the other another. Uh, I heard of a strong Christian family who went ahead and had a baptism in the ensuing celebration and now it has the potential to tear that same family apart. Some neighbors of ours knocked on the door of another neighbor uh, and questioned their practices because they let outside people on the inside and you and I both know you can't even say the word mask right now without having to brace for some sort of reaction, right? The politicization, the divisiveness, the judgmentalism, what is happening? Seriously, what do you think is going on in people's souls to create all of this? What are some theories for why this is raging so? Well, one possibility is that in a time when you feel so powerless over so many things, perhaps this is a way you feel like you can have some power to stand up somewhere. Human beings do this all the time. You don't, you don't really feel like you have any control over here, so you take control over here. It's pretty common, as a matter of fact. Another possibility is that many people are being triggered. Uh, this is what has become a casual way of describing something that prompts a reaction based in a previous trauma, emotionally charged memory, or even addiction. The term began in PTSD when a person would react in the present as though they were in a situation in the past. So, applied here, many of you are triggered by the suppression of freedoms, the suspension of the safe boundaries that you're used to living in and you've drawn up for yourself, or the lack of predictability in your daily life because everything's subject to change all the time right now. Therefore, having a strong emotional reaction is that your past has been triggered in some way. Okay, so especially if that reaction is disproportionate as it doesn't match something that's going on today. So you're having a huge reaction to something smaller. Uh, so, for instance, an example would be like if you are furious over someone that is not wearing a mask in line, for instance. Okay, if there's a disproportionate reaction, that definitely indicates that you've been triggered. So, for many of you, what is being triggered be, could be considered under the rubric of voice, like a bigger concept than just your literal voice. Your voice wasn't heard when you were a child or at some point in your life, like that you weren't considered, you weren't listened to, you weren't even really seen as your own person and the challenges of today are unconsciously bringing that stuff up and so you're reacting out of that okay likewise many of you are triggered and reacting to previous boundary violations and suppression of your will so much so that you're in sort of like a fight place because fight or flight has been activated in you you're finding yourself in a heightened state of reaction and perhaps pretty uncharacteristic how you normally are it's all understandable it's real but you have to really know what is happening or we could be unintentionally doing some some damage here so no matter whether you're triggered or not, whether you're feeling voiceless or not, or you have a strong personal conviction or not, no matter what, we as believers are all called to one thing in this particular situation right now. Jesus said it to his disciples in Matthew 10:8. Freely you have received, freely give. Ah, this is for us. This is our best life. So what have we received? Well, John 1.16 says, Out of His fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. <laughs> grace. 
that we don't get what we deserve for being self-absorbed, self-protective, self-consumed creatures. Grace, that instead of getting what we deserve, we get forgiveness for every wrong we ever do. We get hope and strength to rise again after every failure. We get power to overcome in ways that we could never muster on our own. We get an eternal future that is ultimate perfection, beauty, love, peace, and on and on. It's all such grace. Like, are you also, are you watching on your on a phone? Did you sleep in a bed last night? Do you, Can you comprehend the words that you're hearing? Do, do you have a friend? Did you eat something recently? Have you been selfish today? Will you sleep in a bed tonight? Do you have a family member that loves you? Is your Wi-Fi working? Do you own a Bible? Have you ever sensed encouragement from the Lord somehow? This is all grace. It's getting what we don't deserve over and over and over and out of that abundance. We are to give the same grace. In Romans 12, Paul tells us, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. And then he goes on to talk about how necessary it is that we are all part of one another or all part of the body and the parts that we are are important and we got to give deference to one another as the parts that we are. So again, we're exhorted to refrain from judging and instead give grace because we remember the grace that we have been given. Such as the grace that you've gotten for your short temper, the grace that you've gotten for your pride that never says I'm sorry, the grace that you've gotten for your commitment to self-preservation, the grace for your lustful indulgence, your habitual sin, your foul mouth, your grudge holding, like all of it. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Hebrews 12, 15. Likewise tells us it's our job to give grace. It says succinctly, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. Like it's on our watch. That's not a suggestion, by the way. A couple of other versions of that same verse say, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God and make sure that no one misses out on God's wonderful kindness. So please let grace guide you more than anything else in these particular days. Resolve to give it where you have a different perspective, opinion, practice, or interpretation. Seriously. So when a friend that you've looked up to um, posts a video interpreting these times in a way that surprises or shocks you, give grace. When someone violates your personal boundaries of the way that you want to proceed in light of this virus, give grace. When someone will not interact with you because of their personal convictions about this time, give grace. Like, think, what am I going to gain by fighting this battle? Instead, just live according to how you're convicted and then let grace guide you for the rest. See, yes, please give grace. We want to because we're told to. But I want to put a finer point on it because you're smart people. (laughs) We truly do not know what another person is going through ever. We don't know how God made them to think. We don't know what another person's past is, what they've been through, what their hurts and wounds are in life, what they've been formed in, the environment that they've come from. Seriously, we have no idea what's hardwired in another person because of what they've been through. For example, I've heard about during this time, kids, teenage kids now, who were adopted at the ages of one or two, that during this pandemic, they've started to do things like steal food from uh, the people in their house. Like, what in the world? 
Well, those poor babies, when they were without parents at the ages of one or two, food was so important that they had to, like scarce, that they had to steal it, right? And so those, that hard wiring is now kicking in like it hasn't in 10 years. Well, because of what's going on in the time, that's what's going on. I could go on and on about how shaping experiences like that are literally causing a lot of why people are reacting the way that they are right now. I mean, I'm having some reactions come out of me that I haven't seen in years, decades even. So remember, you literally do not know why a person is reacting. And it very well could be something that if you knew it, you would probably have empathy and understanding for. And by the way, in the same way, I need to say some of you need to give grace to yourself. Seriously. So, basically, what I sense the Lord wanted me to plead to you this week is 2 Timothy 2. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. One author said of being strong in grace is that we're strong in grace when we understand God's unconditional forgiveness of us and then we learn to unconditionally forgive others. Yeah. Oh, the choice is clear. Remember that Christ forgave you way beyond what you deserve and determine to forgive others in the same way. So I heard a Great quote this week, very interestingly, for the first time that relates to this. It said, every time I judge someone else, I reveal an unhealed part of myself. Yeah. So the point of all this is be different. Yes, live in your own convictions. But for those that are different, refuse to do anything but give grace. So... I had written this devotional before yet another incident of a life brutally and senselessly ended. I can't really hardly find words to talk about George Floyd. But these small choices that we're talking about right now, they ripple. They do. Hate begets hate. Anger begets anger. And grace begets grace. The way of Jesus' love works, and we need grace to win in our world today. Because the figurative movement of a stone, one small stone, can create a wave on the other side of a planet, more than ever I beg, I plead, and I believe that the time is now. Start today with your next interaction. Give radical grace, because radical grace has been given you. Will you be a brave soul who refuses to do anything but give grace?